Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minutes, the daily podcast in which we analyze Dawn of Justice by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at No Clutch Nate. And I'm Andy DiGenova from Holy Batcast. You can find Holy Batcast all over social media at Holy Batcast. <laughs> all righty. Welcome back to the show. Cadence, didn't it? That was so good. This is professional. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Pats on the backs. Um, yeah, welcome back. Last time, for those who don't remember, Andy joined us on Man of Steel. We talked about some cool minutes there, so definitely check those out if you haven't already. And uh, yeah, today we're talking about Dawn of Justice, Minute 136. And uh, Andy, what are your what are your thoughts about uh, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice as a whole film? As a whole film, I love this film. Uh, it is one of my favorites. I think it is, it is bold, it is interesting, it is unique, it is epic. Um, you know, I have my own little nitpicks here and there. Uh, some of it, some of which I will be will be covered in these minutes. But overall, I, I love the movie. I love uh, that Zack Snyder and his team were were really shooting for the moon, and and for me, it really worked. They they delivered something really unique and different, um, which I appreciated. I appreciated the ambition and and just how the DC universe on film started taking shape. So, I'm a big fan of the movie and the ones that we're going to cover. Uh, you guys spoiled me again. You gave me gave me a good section of the film. Yeah, we uh, you do you do a podcast about Batman. You know, it's in it's in the name of, of your podcast. So we were like, we got to give him probably or arguably the most Batman minutes that there is. So um, this is uh, this is a big deal. Uh, when, I think over time, this this week that we're covering this is going to be kind of like an iconic. One of the most iconic Batman moments in in cinematic history. Mm, hopefully, um, hopefully, I, I think so. I think we can, even even right now, it's only been like what two years, but we can safely say this is this is quite the iconic moment for any Batman fan. I I would um, agree. I think this is one of the this quickly and easily became one of the landmark Batman moments on film. Yeah, and and that's a good key word you put there. Like easily, like it almost seems like. Like it was like, how did we never come across this before? Like it almost seems like, uh, like it. Like, like, why is this the first time we're getting like a, yeah. a good Batman sequence? I yeah, guess. like um, I guess yeah, just like okay, say what you will if you're for if you're pro Zack Snyder or like you don't like the director, but like this is one of those moments in the film that like no one can really argue is bad. Yeah, I don't think there is an argument for it. Um, which is strange, um, but it just works so well. But we'll get into it. But um, did you like did you like Dawn of Justice the first time you saw it, or did it take the ultimate cut to like it, or what were your thoughts when you first saw it in theaters? I already yeah, I loved it in theaters. It was funny as I walked into the theater expecting not to love it, just because by that point there had already been enough negative conversation around the movie and the reviews it hit that I kind of went into the movie. Uh, almost sad because I had heard that it wasn't good. And then I sat there watching it. Keep, I kept waiting to not like it. And when it was over, I was like, I don't know. I liked it. I don't, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I thought it was great. Um, and then, yeah, I think that some, some of the nitpicks that I had from the theatrical cut were addressed in the ultimate cut. So I think, you know, we all kind of agree. The ultimate cut is the preferred version. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it was for me, it was a movie I already loved in the theater. And then the ultimate cut made me love it just that much more. Cool. Awesome. Um, well, without further ado, let's get into minute 136 here. And it's going to start with uh, 
Anatoly quoting that uh, Richard Cheese song that we heard earlier in the uh, in the airport, or was it the Daily Planet? It was no, Daily Planet. Daily yeah. Planet. That's yeah. yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so that song about uh, you know every time we say goodbye, we die a little more inside. Wait, every time we say goodbye, you die a little more. You die a little. You die a little. I don't know, something along those lines. <laughs> it's a really strange line. Um, <laughs> Do not have the lyrics pulled up. Yeah. Um, which is weird because it's, it's hard to find uh, Richard Cheese songs just like on Spotify or anything. It's like, it's really weird how Zach uh, kind of follows this guy because it's not like they work closely together. It's just Zach Snyder is a huge fan of Richard Cheese and he's like, hey, can I put your music in my movies? And he's like, sure, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's really interesting, like that kind of connection and I enjoy it. I feel like they're always placed very well in uh, his films, but yeah, so it starts off with that. And then the minute's going to end with Batman, um, uh, reaching the location of where Martha is being held captive. You want to call it a warehouse? The warehouse. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this uh this minutes kind of start with like really heavily featuring this Batwing that kind of showed up out of nowhere, literally showed up out of nowhere. Because um, we weren't introduced to it like we are normally are in Batman films. This was kind of I mean we saw in trailers and stuff, so we knew to expect it. But when it comes to the film, like there's no introduction like the Batmobile. It's just like well, duh, Batman has the Batwing. Of course, it's in this film, right? It's just one of those things that shows up and. Um, it pretty much gets its showcase in this in this minute here. Um, like it it just comes in and uh, it gives off a, a brief overview of its capabilities as far as a uh, killing machine question uh-huh. mark. <laughs> there you go. I want it as a toy. That's for sure. Do they not have it as a toy? You know, I don't know. I normally keep up on the up and up. With that's the, the point of the these things, right? They, have to be, they do. Yeah. They do the toy. At least was out there when the movie was new. I'm sure. You, yeah, I'm sure you yeah. could find it for on eBay or something, or may, maybe even still on the shelves. But yeah, they had they had the toy. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe still on the shelves. Yeah. It didn't sell too hot. <laughs> uh, uh, what you might like about this, Nate, is um, what and, I might and like? we've noticed about it in the Batmobile two seats. Did you see two seats in this there thing? There is two seats. Oh in that boy, <laughs> that's that's uh, where do you see two seats? Oh, it's in the very beginning of the minute. Like when you, so it'll finish the whole bit with uh, Anatoly. But as it as it uh, as the Batwing reaches the docks, um, it'll have like a close up shot of Batman, and you can see a second seat um, to his left, which is you know, there's always that that hope that we might one day get like a. like a Robin or something. I don't even want. No, you don't even need to fill that seat anymore. Just the fact that two seats exist is. Yeah, there's definitely a second seat there. Yeah, man. Like just the fact that 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 was mm-hmm. a thing. I'm okay. Yeah, and the Nightcrawler too. Um, in some concept art of the Nightcrawler, um, I don't know if there's multiple seats in, in the actual film. We'll we'll get to Justice League in a minute. We'll have to talk about it. But in the concept art, there's definitely multiple seats, which leads to the idea that you know robins had their place in in all the bat technology which is i thought there was multiple seats in that thing because it was like a troop transport it was a troop transport and there was like a cargo bay but i don't know if they had like their own seats like power rangers style that'd be cool (laughs) i don't know about that well and you never know when (laughs) batman might need to save another girlfriend in danger and 
have a seat for her to whisk her away to safety because it's happened you know happened in batman 89 yeah. <laughs> happened in batman begins it's you know it's a it's a constant problem with batman's girlfriends is he, he always ends yeah. up having to to save them and drive them back to the Batcave. you guys played arkham knight right with like the whole yeah. batmobile gameplay and they had um they had like these custody type seats that like popped out of the back oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you remember that yeah. i remember in um I think in even the first Arkham, it showed Joker. Well, he was like strapped, in, but he was in the passenger. He was in seat. the passenger yeah. seat, and then they're like, you know what? How about we just get really disrespectful with this? How about we just like lock him in the trunk, basically? Yeah. And that's what they were doing in Arkham Knight, which that would be funny if like <laughs> put Batman's love interest of that film, like, hey, you're gonna go sit in the in the drunk tank. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, Dang. That'd be terrible. Yeah. But yeah, so we uh, Batman is uh, clearing out the perimeter of this warehouse scene. Um, bunch of dudes, bunch of thugs with uh, heavy machine gun weapons, turrets mounted to uh, just pickup trucks. Yeah, it's like I saw that in Black Hawk Down. <laughs> that did happen in Black Hawk <laughs> Down, probably. I haven't seen that movie in so yeah, long. I saw it. But uh, is that a useful thing to just like, you, all right, give me an F-150 and just make sure you mount the M-60 on the back? Well, they're not even like... Even in like normal, everyday, like modern combat, those things still are like, you still just roll around in a, in a Ford pickup with a machine gun on the back? Well, that's what I'm wondering because it's Gotham City and they're like, they have like these little tarps over them. It's not yeah. even a tarp. It's like, it's like a piece of cloth. And they're like, yeah, we can roll through Gotham with this. And no one's like... No no one even says anything. Yeah. There's... Man. You think criminals, they got to have like a schedule where it's like, okay, this guy's going to be on the docks with like his trucks and his guns this night. Mm-hmm. And then whatever's left over, the Penguin can reuse them tomorrow. We'll just keep the trucks and the guns there. It's like... Uh, That's what we need. We need to have a rental service... For Batman villains? For armored vehicles. Yeah. And like you just I... like you make them cheap because Batman's just gonna tear right through them anyway, and uh, we just like sell them, we sell them like uh, you know, that... completely overpriced. So like we're it's all profit at this point. We make them like tin cans. That sounds like some Gotham like, uh, yeah, arms dealing. Is that what yeah? We're that going? sounds yeah, exactly yeah. like what there's that a is. Nicolas Cage movie about this. I think uh, I would be careful with that, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how far that would that would get you. I'll figure it out. Um, the idea is there, so just putting it out there, guys. So if you need any arms dealing weapon service, contact Nate because he's seen a Nicolas Cage film about it. <laughs> uh, let's get into uh, let's get into this. What are you guys' thoughts about how the Batwing uh, takes out these trucks? Yeah, good riddance. <laughs> Um, this is this is uh, one of my little nitpicks. Uh, is number one, I love this Batwing. I think this Batwing is is amazing. And when I first saw the photo of it, I wasn't sure if I liked it because it's so different. And then once I saw it in the movie and just kind of got used to this this interesting new design, I think it's really great. Um, but uh, yeah, this is one of those moments where like it's not a deal breaker, but I just it, it would have been very easy to avoid controversy if uh if the batwing you know blasted in front of these trucks just so the bad guys could jump away and then batman could blow up the trucks but the fact that this thing just 
opens fire and and these trucks explode into a massive fireball of death it's just like it's just giving ammunition to the people who uh who get really bent out of shape when stuff like that happens with batman uh and so i was like yeah this is something that could have so easily been avoided if uh if if Snyder would have just let the bad guys jump out of the trucks before they all exploded, so then you could go, oh yeah, Batman didn't kill anybody. He just uh, he just disarmed them. But as it is, there's no way these bad guys are crawling away from this. Yeah, yeah, no, true. absolutely no, not. I do know that. I mean, I remember that it was a big controversial thing that was happening. Yeah, um, you know, him killing him. But I. I kind of like the whole explanation of him being like the whole lost and broken Batman and, you know, occupational hazard. Yeah. And, and that, and of course that's the, you know, that's the point of the whole movie is that this, you know, this Batman has lost his way. And although he has started to turn back to the light by this point in the film, uh, that doesn't truly happen completely until after uh, Superman sacrifice spoilers. But, um, so yeah, this is still, you know, this is still transitionary Batman, but again, I just I think it could have been an easy fix um just to just to avoid that conversation completely. As it is for me, it's not a deal breaker. I just kind of accept it, but uh but it's still every time I'm like, "Oh man, it would have been easy." Like it's not that hard to to avoid that that issue in this scene. Yeah. Mhm. You could have like like grappled a front truck and just like drug it through the other ones just knocking them out. I guess you could have just knocked the trucks over, right? It's not like someone's gonna Yeah, there's, hey, there's lift that pickup. You can't like, you know, there's so flip many it like in Halo. There's so many ways that, you know, and because it's all CGI, there's so many ways that this could have been avoided if they wanted to. And I think that's the big key phrase there is that, you know, Zack Snyder, this is a deliberate, you know, they just they decided that this was gonna be how Batman was gonna save Martha. Like he was going to gonna kill everybody. He's gonna go kill people because that's. Um, last week we talked about you know once once the whole Martha thing happens between Superman and Batman, it starts. It starts this. Uh, Batman starts having like the five stages of grief. He was having denial right right in the middle of him trying to kill Superman, um, and then he you know in his aggression he's thrown away the spear. Um, and in, in bargaining, he's like, you know, Clark, let me make you a promise. Martha won't die tonight. And this is, this is the bargaining, you know, like their lives for, for hers. I could argue that, you know, like, you know, he has no problem pulling the trigger on these people. If it means that Martha will live tonight, like he's making a promise to himself and to, uh, this person whose, whose mother is life is on the line. Like, this is this is a in my opinion like or I don't know maybe it is fact but like this shows how far he's willing to go to save quote unquote Martha you know like he even like has a you know once the bad wing is done kind of tearing through these two trucks like he has like this look back and I feel like there's something there to, because to 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 cut back to Batman staring at. I, I believe he's staring at what he just did. Yeah. You know, like staring at the the trucks and all the people that he just killed a couple seconds ago. Like there was a there's a reason to show that shot, right? Of him kind of taking a look back at what he's doing. Grimacing about it, kinda Yeah. Probably like unhappy that he's di- he did that, but it's something that he, he wouldn't hesitate to do again, kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. With Batman you can never really tell what's going through his mind, but it's usually something of anger and depression, right? <laughs> yeah, it seems like it was. It's kind of like a, a regretful, not really regretful, but like a 
Well, I had to do it. Well, yeah, and, and I like what you said, and, yeah. and yeah, at this point, you know, his priority is saving Martha. Uh, he knows he only has minutes to do it. He does, you know, he doesn't have time for that. Uh, and you know, and they come at him with deadly force, and so he returns in kind. Uh, I'm just, I'm just saying, from the, you know, in the story perspective, you can put it that way and go, yeah, you know, then he's, you know. His his one priority is to save Martha, and he's going to do what it takes to to make that happen. Um, uh, there are just ways, from a filmmaking standpoint, to still cheat, and uh, Snyder wasn't interested yeah. in that. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely was not interested. In that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's um, you know that's just my point is, and because ever you know, a lot of uh, previous Bat films, you know, they they kind of cheat because they can, uh, and uh, this one he's like, nah, I don't I don't have time for that. Uh, so yeah, it, for me, again, it's not a deal breaker. It's just, uh, and, and yeah, you get it. Cause again, Batman hasn't completely, not completely seen the error of his ways yet. He's still, he's still making that, that journey back to, to what he should be. Uh, and it doesn't fully happen till the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the sound design for the Batwing is pretty interesting. Cause right after that, that shot of Batman, we get like this, neat little cgi little flyby of the of the bat wing and um it has like this spaceship like quality to it there's something about it that it sounds pleasing and it it sounds um something that i that i like that this batman in this universe uh as opposed to the dark knight trilogy and stuff which i which i love that trilogy i'm not dogging on it really but it seems to want to step back into um some comic book fictionality mm-hmm. uh as opposed to where dark knight was always like no it has to be real like yeah. all the technology is from military prototypes and stuff like that and and with uh some of this batman stuff like even the armored suit and um like uh you know he's not wearing like separation of plates he's just wearing like this really thick like kevlar like suit and like this bat wing isn't like a military prototype it it's okay to get really sci-fi with this Batman or, or get back into comic book kind of stuff yeah. with it. And, uh, I like that. I like that. They're like, it, it dips back into, it doesn't have to be completely real. Like, yeah. It, yeah. So I, I enjoy something like that about it. I, I um, love that about this film. And I love that about Snyder's approach to this is like, it's okay to be a little fantasy. It's okay to be a little hyper real, you know? And, and I, I always mm-hmm. feel like that was, that was something that was missing from the Nolan films. Um, and again, I love those films on their own terms, but I, I love here where it's like, no, this, this bat wing, you know, is, we don't need a exposition of someone saying where it came from and what it was originally built for and all that. It's Batman has a bat wing and that's, that's just who Batman is. And so, uh, I, I love your note about the, the sound design. It, it, it sounds cool. It sounds high tech. It's got its own personality. It reminds me a lot of the, um, in Man of Steel, the, uh, Kryptonian scout ships, not scout ships, uh, the attack oh, ships, the attack ship when they were little... landing mm-hmm. on Kent Farms, it had that, like, or the... distorted, whatever, I don't know. The Battle of Metropolis when they were picking up, uh... Yeah, when they were picking up Zod. Because he got beat up mm-hmm. and he was, yeah. It kind of sounds like it, but maybe a little higher pitched. Mm-hmm. Oh, it probably is. I love the sound design. It's just, mm-hmm. it's amazing. And, uh, yeah, again with the, um, uh, the Nightcrawler. It, it it it's one of those things where it's like yeah this wouldn't have made any sense in the dark knight trilogy like this thing existing but here in this universe yeah. like you can have like a four-legged tank 
crawl up a wall and yeah. it's like that yeah, okay we're we're here we're doing like this. you don't even need to have the explanation of where and how did batman get it yeah like, you don't need to have lucius fox is great but you don't need to have him just for like that dead end explanation of where he gets his tech you just like yeah batman just makes it look at him he's batman he just makes it he just has it yeah it, sometimes i i like lucius fox a lot like i do um and he was great in the first two dark knight movies um but then you start to wonder, is the character just here to explain a, a, a piece of yeah, gadget that exactly. we don't really need to have explained? Like, if yeah. Batman pulls it out and he says, hey, I have these, then I might go, okay. I mean, it's the same <laughs> thing as Q from James Bond, but, like, at least Q had, well, I guess they were the same thing. They had the same personalities, I guess. We do that in every James Bond film where we're like, all right, here's the 10 minutes of Q explaining yeah. technology we'll see later on in the film. It's like, how about <laughs> you just use it and we'll be cool with it. Yeah. And that's just it. It's, um, it's Batman. People expect him to have an arsenal and gadgets and vehicles. It, that's just an expectation. So I think people... Uh, you know, people are willing to go with it. It's all good. I mean, your 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 comment at the beginning is, oh, you know, this is the you know this Batwing wasn't set up, and I was like, oh, I never even thought about that because, of course, Batman has a Batwing. Like, I just yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I just expect him to. I expect him to have an air vehicle and a uh, and a Batmobile, and I expect him to have a cycle somewhere, and I expect him to have a boat somewhere because yeah, it's just just comes with the the territory. Yep. Even when reading, uh, you know, Batman and Robin or that thing, they go into, um, they have to get somewhere, and the, him and him and Damien like jump in a rocket, and it's like, oh yeah, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, just go. It's like you need to get there in like ten minutes. It's halfway across the world. It's like, oh yeah, all right. Well, let's just use a rocket. And here, <laughs> here's another thing that doesn't need explaining because we love Batman so much is Alfred initiating this remote mode. It's like that to me seems like oh of course Alfred with his ex-military background and stuff like that it's like he's gonna fly a drone it's like helping hands like if you help Batman so much doing his job like there's like this part comes in and it and it just works you know like uh again I don't think uh well maybe there are people who don't like this this style of Alfred I'm sure there's an argument for that but there's nothing cooler than Alfred remote controlling the bat wing with this like with these drone controls and stuff like that it's true it's just i just i just love it i love it so much and he's got all these computers and monitors he's he's able to analyze the situation like this is the most heavily involved alfred that we've seen and to me it it should be the standard yeah he's a partner he's not a but guardian yeah i mean he is still He's a guardian butler, but i'll take that but uh, like i was this I'm, is a literal guardian right here yeah okay doing. yeah i was thinking more of like a parental guardian i guess kind of thing um michael kane was really like just let me watch over you and complain about you jumping off buildings i do like michael kane though so. michael kane's great <laughs> i don't really like his outfit um but this is like, I mean, this Alfred is just so in it. He's involved. Um, yeah, yeah, like uh, even before with like, you know, Batman Forever and all that, like Alfred was still sickly, but he was still butler, you know? Mm-hmm. He was just answering the door. He really did just answer the door. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, in this Alfred, we saw him with like the mechanic suit on, fixing up the Batmobile. He has his tools with him. Like He's involved, man just yeah to me it just it makes sense um and 
I don't know. Andy, what are your thoughts about Alfred? No, I agree. I mean, uh, I think that Alfred, the character, has evolved over the years and from from Butler to a more active partner. And I think that this... uh, it all just makes a lot of sense that that Alfred would be more involved in this way. Uh, the whole idea of him piloting the Batwing remotely, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Why hasn't anyone done that before? Because it is just a logical next step of, of you know, if Batman's got to jump into the fray, that, you know, that, that uh, aircraft needs to be piloted somehow. So to me, I just was like, oh, yeah, like, what a great idea. And uh, it makes perfect sense, especially, again, with the, the technology that uh, we're, we're willing to accept with Batman. And so, yeah, it's, it's funny. I think Jeremy Irons, is, his Alfred in this, I mean, in this movie is, is, is a highlight. It's, it's wonderful. But it's, it's a great balance of father figure, butler, partner, wise you know wise confidant etc uh you know call call bruce on his bs and all that good stuff so um yeah it's it just uh i thought it was a really smart angle to take in this movie Mm -hmm. and i think it it gives him it gives him the the foundation to have an opinion about the batman like what bruce decides to be because he's there every night helping him you know, when Bat, when Bruce said, okay, 14 hours, we're going to attack the docks, we're going to get the kryptonite, like, we're going to do it. And so, like, if Alfred's there every night seeing Batman's missions, helping him with the missions, he has an opinion about this or that, and he can stand toe-to-toe with Batman because he, he sees it. It's not like uh, he just waits for Batman to come home and just, like, hey, I really it patches him up. Yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. because he's there, because he's always there behind him, like, of course he's allowed to have an opinion now because he's in the middle of it. He's involved too. Yeah. He's not just there waiting for him. And you know, it, it would be really easy for Batman to be like, no, you don't understand. Cause you don't know what I do when I go out. You don't know what the troubles I have to face when I'm out there. And it's like, this guy is always there. So yeah. of course he's allowed to have opinions about it. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just remarkable. Um, so the minute ends with um, Alfred saying that there's two dozen uh, criminals in this warehouse that's on the third. That's twenty-four. F- it's twenty-four. It's not a baker's dozen. No, that's, that's, that's thirteen. 13. Then Sir, there's only two dozen. <laughs> yeah, it's twenty-four. Um, twenty-four thugs, one Batman, and uh, yeah, they're they're on the third floor, and he offers, "Why don't I drop you off on the second? Why do you think he does that? He's got to go up now. He's got. He does. He. We'll find out in the he next. Does minute. go up. He does go up. Um, which is weird, but you know, there could be a theory there because we, this whole movie, we're like, Oh, Batman's always seen going downwards and things. He's always falling or mm-hmm. his, his, his now plans. He's up. Yeah. He's, he's going up. He's on the come up. He's on the come up. Oh, there you go. There you go. Should I write that down? Yeah, you should probably write that down. <laughs> I'm sure if we didn't say it, someone who listens to the podcast would say it and then we would feel bad because we didn't say it. So, so everybody needs to feel good. Yeah. Uh, Andy, did you have any other uh, closing notes for minute 136 here? Uh, no, just I think it's a great setup for what's to come. And as I said at the beginning, I love the showcasing of this new Batwing because I think it's a it's a badass design. And then, yeah, leaving it off with uh, Alfred dropping him off on the second floor is a great setup for what we're about to see. Yeah, absolutely. Nate, anything closing notes? No, man. Let's just let's go. We we go get into it. Warehouse, <laughs> warehouse. 
Uh, cool. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. If you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCU Minute, tooldmedia.com, and the Facebook group, DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. We can join us, other guests, and other listeners to talk about today's minute or past minutes, Man of Steel Minute or Dawn of Justice Minute. Let us know what you guys thought, and we'll catch you guys tomorrow here on DC Cinematic Minute.